Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I hope you're enjoying your day as uh, you are listening in on uh, what we have to share today. My name's Dan Wills and I am the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Baptist Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I'm so glad you are listening uh, in today and and uh, and maybe you're even a part of um, a continued uh, listener and we thank you for uh, being uh, a supportive listener and and uh, we appreciate you guys always jumping on every week with us. Um, before we dive into this 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 week's message, uh, I, I just want to let you know that if you are new listening uh, to Venture Podcast, or uh, maybe you said, you know what, I, I'm not sure if I really want to listen to to Dan today, or or just listen to any podcast, but you know what, you decided to just, uh, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna tough it out, and I'm gonna head and listen to Venture Podcast today, and and see what Dan has to share. I believe that um, you are listening for a reason and a purpose today. I truly, truly believe that. Uh, As I always do, uh, I believe that God uh, puts us in situations, gives us situations uh, for that, uh, a reason that he has and a purpose to to whatever it might be in your life uh, and compared to what God wants you to do. So my prayer is that will be shown to you today. We are in part three of a, of a four-part message series that's called I Want to Believe But, where we're talking about some of the hurdles or challenges that people have in their faith. And there are a lot of people that, that want to believe in God, but there's something that happened, some reason, some hurdle that keeps them from completely believing. The argument that I've made the last few weeks is that there are so many people that are not rejecting the, 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 tr- the true God but what they're doing is they're rejecting a distorted view of who they think God is. It's a wrong view of God. Week number one, we talked about an on-demand God, the God who does everything we want. Well, that God does not exist, right? And last week, we talked about Killjoy God, the God who robs us of all of our fun. Well, that God doesn't exist either. And next week, we're going uh, to talk about something that's I believe it's really important, and I saved it for for the last week because it's the most common objective uh, that we face. It's calling it. I'm calling it heartless God. Okay, so if you you all know someone who would like to believe in God but can't because they would say God doesn't seem to care, and they say how can I believe in a God who allows this to happen or to that or that to happen or or allow this to happen in in my life? It's heartless God, and that's next week. But today I want to talk about what I call goosebump God. I want to believe in a God, but I don't feel him. And so how do you believe in a God you can't see and you don't hear him speak audibly and, and you don't feel him? And I want to believe in God, but I don't feel him. Uh, I had a conversation with a 16-year-old girl who, was, who almost verbatim uh, said this exact statement. I want to believe in God, but I don't feel him. It was on a Wednesday night. Uh, this girl came up to me and, and she just said, hey, Pastor Dan, 
my mom is dying of brain cancer. My mom is not a believer in God, and I'm hurting. And so I get myself to church every single week because I need something spiritually. But she said, but it's, but it's not happening for me. And then she went on to say, you know what, I tried to read the Bible, and, and I don't understand it. I tried to sing the songs, and everyone else seems to feel something, you know, and I feel numb. And she said, when I pray, it's just like I'm talking, and, and I don't feel like anyone's listening. And you could just sense this longing out of this girl, getting herself to church because she wants to believe something, but she's not feeling it. And I guarantee you this is many of you who are listening, either at some point in your life or, or maybe even right now, or you know somebody that wants to believe in God but doesn't feel him. And then, of course, you have you got that person in your life that, that feels God everywhere, right? They're like, oh, I was talking to God, and God said this to me, right? And I was driving here, and my favorite song was on, and I could sense God in it. Or I went to the mall, and I prayed, and God gave me the perfect parking space, and my husband got a raise, and my, my son got accepted to a prestigious university on a full ride. You know, oh, God is so good. And you're like, I was driving, and I hated all the songs. I went to the mall and couldn't get a parking space, and I walked a half a mile in the rain. My husband got fired, and my son got rejected to the community college. Where is God in my life? I don't get it. I don't feel God. If you've ever wondered where God is, I want to talk about that today because uh, we just really need to understand, you know, how do we feel God, right? And so... I want to kind of ask you guys a question of, of those that are listening that are Jesus followers, okay? How many of you would say that you have felt the presence of God at some point? You know, ask yourself that. How many of you would say you felt the presence of God some, at some point? Or how many of you would, could actually say, you know what, I felt God's presence uh, today specifically? Maybe it was um, something that, uh, 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 what do I want to say, a song played today that just really caught your attention or, or just somebody said something to you or you had prayer time this morning or whatever it might be that, that you just really felt like you felt the call of God or, the, or uh, the felt God's presence is what I want to say. I want to ask you that because how do you know if you felt God? Think about that. How do you know you felt God? You know, what do you say? Maybe you say, I got, well, I got goosebumps or I got the tingly wingly feeling, or maybe you were crying at some point, like I mentioned, and maybe you had a peaceful, easy feeling, whatever it might be. I don't, I don't know what that is, but how do you know? Okay. I want to push you guys a little bit on this because you might have a, a tingly feeling with God. That's what you say. But you can actually get a tingling feeling sitting across from someone of the opposite sex that, that really smells good and looks good, right? That's the truth. And I know some of you are thinking, well, Dan, how, how dare you say that? Well, that's, that's, that's the, what happens, right? It's happened to you. Or maybe you cried you know, at, a, at something. You were watching like an emotional YouTube video. Uh, it can make you cry, right? Did you feel God? I don't know. Maybe you've got a peaceful feeling. Well, here's the deal with that is you can light some candles, get in a bubble bath, and put on some Kenny G and get a peaceful feeling, right? I'm kind of being sarcastic, but how do you know? How do you know you felt God? Let me ask you this. If you didn't feel God today at some point, okay, whose fault was it? Think about that. Was it God's fault? Like God's looking at you going, I, I don't like your attitude this week, so I'm going to give myself to everybody else but, but not you. 
Next week, maybe I'll give it to you if you're better. Is it God's fault? Is it your fault? Like your spiritual antenna wasn't up, or was it the worship pastor's fault because he didn't play your favorite song or something in church the other day? Whose fault is it? What do you feel? What do you do if you don't feel God? What I want to do today is, is hopefully, is show you that the presence of God is so much bigger than our feelings. Okay. So to introduce this talk, um, and if you if you want to write this down or make a mental note of this, if you don't always feel God's presence. You are not alone, okay? If you don't always feel God's presence, you are not alone. In fact, I'll share with you a couple of uh, uh, personal stories today and show you from Scripture as well that not everybody always feels the presence of God, okay? So let's look at Psalm 88 to start uh, everything off with. Psalm 88, uh, verses 13 and 14, okay? Uh, Let me get to that real quick. Psalm 88, 13 and 14. Here's what it says. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes to comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? See, you look at some of the spiritual greats in the Bible, like David. He had very intimate times with God. He was a, a man after God's own heart. And he said, Yea, through, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, he said. And in other times, he cried out to God, where are you? I can't feel you. Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why are you allowing my enemies to do this? God, where are you? It wasn't always I feel, feel you with me. Paul in the New Testament, this guy uh, experiences the risen Christ, right? He has a heavenly experience one time so glorious that he's not allowed to even talk about it. Yet, you know what he did for the first 17 years of his life after he became a follower of Jesus wanting to preach? He waited and waited and waited, making tents. And he's going, God, give me a chance. And where are you? Where are you, God? I don't feel you. And think about this. Even Jesus, who who walked in the most intimate fellowship, moment by moment with God, is on a cross. And he becomes sin for us. And I can't fully explain this because I don't know what exactly God did or didn't do. Because scripture's not totally clear on that. But Evidently, when Jesus became sin and died for our sins, God is so holy, he couldn't look upon this. Whatever happens, the world is going dark, and as Jesus gives his life, he he looks up in the most desperate moment and cries out, My God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus, God's son, in his greatest moment of brokenness, He's God, I felt my whole my you I felt you my whole life and, and I can't feel you now. Where are you, God? And I don't know if any of you uh, have read some of C.S. Lewis's works. Uh, if you're not a Christian or don't know him, he, he's, he's a literary giant in the Christian writing, okay? And, and you certainly know of uh, or probably heard of or seen Chronicles of Narnia, right? That was a book written by him, and the movie was created afterwards. He also wrote Mere Christianity and Screwtape Letters. They're amazing books. This spiritual giant actually wrote this at one time in his life when he didn't sense and feel the presence of God. Here's what he wrote uh, during one of the painful times in his life. He cried out to God and he said this, I got a door slammed in my face and the sound of bolting and double bolting on the inside. And after that silence, it caused me to doubt the presence of God. He said this in a metaphorical way. He said, there are no lights in the window. It might be an empty house. In other words, is God even there? Was it ever inhabited? It seems so once. 
Why is God so present a commander in our time of prosperity and so very absent of help in time of trouble? If you don't always feel the presence of God, you are not alone. And so what I want to do today is I want to suggest three possible reasons why some of you may say, you know what, I want to believe in God, but I don't feel him right now. There could certainly be more, but I want to start with three that may, may give a longing just to pursue God and the chance of finding him even in a more intimate way, all right? So if you're taking mental notes or you're actually in a place you can write some notes, we're asking the question, why don't we always feel God? And number one is, maybe perhaps some of you, you're over-sensationalizing it, okay? You're over-sensationalizing it. You're doing exactly what the disciples did that was recorded in, in John, okay? And I'm going to turn to that. It's, it's John chapter 6, I believe. Yeah, John chapter 6, verses 30 and, and 31, okay? And, and here's what it says. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're saying, God did this. God did this miracle. There's bread from heaven. We want you to do something like that. Give us some sense that God is really with us. And there are some of you, you may be over-sensationalizing, okay? You want to know God. You want to feel it, yet you're looking for the audible voice, okay? Maybe you're uh, a young lady, and you're, you're dating some guy, and you're considering breaking up with him, but you're not quite sure. He might be the one but he might not be the one. And you don't want to throw him on the side if there's not something better coming along. But if there is something better coming along, you don't want to stick with this guy. And you're like, I want God to speak to me and say, thou shall not break it up with this man, for he is only an economy class man, right? I have for thou a business class man. Or, or you want some kind of an angel to appear, you know, and you can ask him, which way should I go? And the angel's got like one of those pizza spinning arrow signs that says go this way or that way, you know, or something. See, we're over sensationalizing it. Okay. Let me just tell you this. God doesn't always reveal himself in that way. There are times where you may feel him. Okay. And there are times when you may not. And for my own life, it's, it, it's, I'll just tell you about a spiritual moment in my life. I didn't feel anything. I, I was 12 years old and I grew up in a Catholic church where we had this thing called confirmation. And you turn 12 years of age and you take this class and you become a full-blown adult member. And I remember my confirmation teacher saying something on the lines of this. It's, it's going to be the most holy moment of your life. You're going to experience the presence of Christ in the body and the blood and the bread and the juice. Okay, <clears throat> It's going to be holy. And so I knelt down. The priest came in with his robe and, and he handed me or in presented me uh, the communion, and he said, this is the body broken for you. And I took this little piece of cardboard thing, and literally it was a, literally a round disc that looked and, and felt like cardboard, and I ate it, and it literally tasted like cardboard, okay? I, but here's the point. I didn't feel anything. And so then I took this little swig of grape juice, and I, I couldn't even barely get this thing down. It was so bad. And I was like, and that was it? That was all there was? Where was God in that? And I was so disappointed. Why didn't I feel you, God? We have to understand that feelings are not evidence of the presence of God. Feelings are not the only evidence that God is with us. If you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. Okay, let me say that again. If you always felt the presence of God, 
you wouldn't need faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And there are some of you, if, if I can just say it, you're over-sensationalizing it. You're looking for the goosebump feeling, the audible voice, when sometimes it's just a quiet whisper. Perhaps there's some of you that you're not looking for something that's not there because God is with you always. The second thing, if you're taking notes, and, and I don't want to use this to scare you, but as a pastor, I do feel obligated to share this with you. There are some of you, you, you may not feel God, but because maybe your heart has hardened. Maybe your heart is hardened. You, you were close to God at one point, and now your heart is not, too, not soft to the things of God. Okay, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew. Okay, it's Matthew 13, uh, 14 and 15. Listen to what he says. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their eyes, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and I would heal them. They closed their eyes, right? What happened? They were close to God at one point, but over time their, their heart grew harder. Now spiritually, they didn't see like they used to see spiritually, and they didn't hear like they used to hear. And perhaps, and again, I don't want to use this to scare you, but perhaps some of you, you've allowed your heart to grow hard to the things of God. You need to understand the number one cause of a hard heart is sin in our life that separates us from God, okay? Let me explain it to you this way. If you sin against God, does that mean God doesn't love you and you're not a Christian? Obviously not. You sin against God and you're a follower of Jesus, you're still a follower of Jesus. What happens is the sin breaks the intimacy with God. For example, let's, let's say you've got a husband and a wife. The husband or the wife commits adultery. What happens? Are they still married? The answer is they're still married, Maybe not for long, but are, are they as intimate as they were before? No. Intimacy, trust is broken. That sin separates and breaks the fellowship that was there. This is what happens with God. Whenever we live with an ongoing sin, we all mess up. See, I'll mess up today, and you'll probably mess up today, but when we continue to live in it, and we're not repenting of it before God, we're not confessing, saying, God, help cleanse me of this, remove this, when we're not dealing with it, over time, it's like plaque on our heart. It grows hard, and, and suddenly we can't sense that, that God is there. Imagine this. It, it's super, super cold out. Let's say it's 15 degrees below zero. It gets that way here in Nebraska, okay? It's freezing out. If you get bundled up in the best gear, uh, like you've got an amazing hat, you've got some earmuffs, you got one of those ski mask things, you put a scarf around your neck, you put on full body long underwear, you got the, the best coat, the, you got the big thick ski pants, you got wool socks even, you got great boots with little heaters in them. By the way, they do make those with little heaters in them. You've got the best gloves and, and then you walk outside. What do you not feel? You don't feel cold. It is cold, but you don't feel the cold. Why don't you feel the cold? Because something is separating you from what's really there. By the way, you can't use this example when it's hot outside. You can only strip down so far, and it's still hot outside. I'm just saying. But if you continue to let sin rule in your life, it's not that God's not there, but there's something that's separating and blocking you from feeling the intimacy and the goodness of God that is still there. You simply don't feel him. 
And some of you may say, well, you know, I, I'm not doing some of the big sins. Well, that's, that's really good, and congratulations, whatever the big ones are to God, you know. The problem is so many of us learn to live with what I call sanitized sins. Culture just says, hey, well, everybody does it. It's not that big of a deal. And you go on living with it and living with it and living with it. And I don't know what it might be for you, and it might be envy. See, we can't go on Instagram without going, I want that purse, or I want to go on that trip, or I wish I had that guy, and I hate them, and I hate her, and I hate her, and I hate all my friends. I don't know why they're even my friends. I hate them all. Envy, you know, we live with it. It could be gossip. Can I tell you about so-and-so, you know, because we need to pray for her, right? Gossip could be lust, right? You live with it. And I don't want to be harsh again, but it could be gluttony. It could be laziness. It could be some sanitized sin that just kind of lives in there. Every now and then, you have to do a gut check. And the reason I know this is because there are so many times in my life where I've let something unrighteous live in my heart. And I've had to say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm not sensing you. I, I confess this is wrong. Please forgive me. God, cleanse me. And this is what David prayed in the Old Testament after he sins, and he did a lot of sin. He, he prayed out to God, create in me a pure heart. And maybe your heart's hardened, and you're going to say, create in me a pure heart. Renew with me a, a right spirit. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And there may be some of you, maybe you don't feel the presence of God because you've got sin that's blocking the reality that he's already there. He's still with you. I don't always feel God. Some could be you're over-sensationalizing it. Some of you, it might be your heart has grown harder. Well, number three is, if you're taking notes, and I hope this is many of, of you listeners and, and as my, myself as well, is maybe God wants to draw you closer. But I don't always feel God. Well, maybe because God wants to draw you closer. I love in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, when, when Paul was preaching in Athens, he preached this way and he said this, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Then he said they why behind it. He said, God did this so that they would seek him. Why did God do this? He did it so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. What did God do? God did this, right? God created. God showed the glory of who he was. He did this so that people would reach out and say, I want that God. I want to know him. I want to pursue him. And there may be those times, and, and this is just me suggesting it, that, that you may not feel God because, because God wants to bring you to a place where you have more of a desire for him. See, what does deprivation do? Deprivation draws out desire. If I don't eat what do I get? I get hungry, right? I might even get angry. I might even get a little hangry. You know what I mean? But if I don't drink as well, what do I get? I get thirsty. And if I don't sense the presence of God, I might just start hungering and thirsting for God. Then what happens? Well, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? What if God in his glory draws you out to seek him where you start to long for him more? God is a jealous God. Do you understand this? Okay, God is a jealous God. He wants to be number one in your life. He wants to be the greatest object of your desire. He wants you to pursue him. I don't feel him. Well, feelings are not faith. Just because God feels silent does not mean that he's absent. Okay, Let me say that again. Just because God feels silent does not mean that he is absent. 
we pursue him. The good news is this. According to Jeremiah 29, okay, chapter 20, verse 9, if you seek me, God says you will find me. And God says, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. When you seek him, you will find him. Perhaps for some of you, God is going to create a longing in your heart. And when you wake up and you say, you know what, God, I want to experience you today. I want to know that you're with me. Well, you need to press into him. You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything is added unto you. Here's the deal. Anytime you truly sense in a powerful or even a supernatural way that God is with you, embrace it because he is. You get goosebumps, you get feeling. There are times when you just take off your shoes and say, you know what, I'm going to be standing on holy ground right now. And you get down on your face and you say, God, I sense you're with me and I worship you and I want to give you all the glory in the world. When that happens, let the tears flow. Embrace it because it's real and he's with you. Never forget that he is with you always. Don't ever forget to embrace him in the everyday moments. Like when you're driving to work early and you see the sunrise and the colors are splashed across the sky and you say, I see you there, God. You're just displaying your glory in the heavens. I sense your presence. Or maybe when you go to work and you do something you're pretty good at and you say, I feel you with me, God, because I was created to do this. When you pray for someone during the day and you make a difference or you reach out to someone or you give something to someone, God, I just felt your presence as he used me to represent your love in this way. We sense the presence of God in those moments. Wasn't always goosebumps, right? Wasn't audible, wasn't lightning from the sky. It was an ongoing awareness that, that my God is always with me. My God is always with me. Don't trust your feelings. Feelings aren't facts. The fact is your God will never leave you or forsake you. And when you seek him, you will find him because he loves to reveal himself to those that pursue him. Amen. I want to thank you again for joining us for another week of Venture Podcast. Uh, I hope you'll join us next week as we wrap up our series with week number four of I, I, do, I Want to Believe, But. And we're going to be specifically talking about the heartless God. So I hope you'll join us and we'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com. Dot com.